This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Hey now, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome into the Pucknologist. What's going on, everybody, on a Sunday evening? Hope you're feeling good after the 49ers absolutely just... Oh, wait, nope, we're not talking about football, talking about hockey. Again, welcome to show 82 of the Pucknologist here, TealTownUSA.com. I'm your host, AJ Strong, and over there cuddling, almost fondling a cup of coffee. One hockey jerk. <laughs> I'm sorry. One rocket backhander. You know, hi. You you know where I can't fondle a delicious cup of coffee? Mm, here we go. SAP Center. Fix your shit, SAP Center. We need coffee on the concourse. That's all. How you doing, uh, rocket backhander? And hockey jerk. Uh, what would you like to fondle or partake in when you're at SAP Center? <laughs> um, a, a new and improved Philly cheesesteak kiosk. Hey, now. I'm right there with you with some <laughs> nice uh, Tabasco going on in, 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 in there as well. So let's get into it. But before we do, we have to mention it, as always. Hit the subscribe button, people. Let us know you're out there. Follow us. Hit the little notification bell. That way you are notified every single time we go live, like right now. So, anywho, here we go. Oh, it's time to walk into the Hot Takery Bakery. It's been a while since we've been in there, but let's jump in, and we're going to start off with our first quarter grades. We're a quarter way into the season, a little bit beyond. Let's find out how the Pucknologists feel. <laughs> about what we've seen from the Sharks a quarter way into this season. I will start with you, Rocket Backhander. Your surprise and your disappointment from a quarter season. And I don't care if you talk about a player, like if you're surprised that the penalty kill is number one or you're disappointed in the shoes that Peter DeBoer is wearing, like anywhere you want to go with this. Uh, I think my surprise would probably be that Radil Simic is the straw that stirs the drink. Like this, he's 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 it. Who would have thought? You know, uh, I think uh, that was definitely a big surprise to me. Who? Simic. What, what did you say his first name was? Isn't it? I don't fucking know. <laughs> don't ask me. You know what? If you're just gonna tease me, I'll leave. Oh, I'm just messing with you. Yeah, I know you are. Don't. Oh, okay. Uh, so Simic, your for and, and I mean that's 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 value with that pick, absolutely. Who who knew? Uh, jerk. How about you? Surprise, disappointment. So for me, the biggest surprise has to be Barkley Goodrow. I mean, a lot of people had him penciled into the fourth line. You know, he's a he's a glue guy, and he's going to do all the right things and check you and play defense and kill penalties and. Mm, yeah, but he's also going to score 
a lot of goals in a short amount of time. And by a lot, I'm obviously talking about his standards. Career high is seven, and he's already at five. Thanks for coming. Um, but he's now up on the second line. He was playing on Tomas Hurdle's wing. Now he's centering it. And he doesn't look out of place at all. He looks like he belongs. He looks like he's, you know, it, it's been a slow burn, but a burn nonetheless. And he's starting to finally progress into a really good NHLer. And and I know the three of us were all thinking probably two years ago, eh, if Goodrow got scratched, eh, there's another guy who can play. <laughs> now I feel like if Goodrow's scratched or unhealthy or whatever, I'm like, crap. Like Worth. one of our hardest, one of our hardest working players this year is not playing. Yes. And you said five goals? Uh, I at last check he had five goals. Uh, it is six. No, I'm my six. My mistake, ladies and gentlemen. He's got six in uh 24 games for reference. His career high is seven in 47. So that might be good. Might might, might. be. So it's still is, too early to tell. Is yeah. he an improved version of Chris Tierney, or is he just a cheaper version of Chris Tierney? Yes. Ah, <laughs> yes. Uh, so Cheers. my. My surprise, uh, Mario Ferraro. I don't think anybody saw that. Like, I think you thought, well, he's going to make somebody maybe a little nervous about their job coming into the season. I don't think anybody thought that he was going to play every game except for when he was actually injured. So, Mario Ferraro. Damn. Uh, disappointments. And again, this could be anything. Rocket. I'm disappointed there's no coffee card at SAP. No, go ahead. No, that's actually exactly what I was going to say. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that was I'm easy not, enough. <laughs> yeah, because I'm not, I'm not going to lay on the team. I'm not going to lay on the coaching because, like, it just the way that this team has been, it always feels like the first quarter mark is a slow burn, you know? And, like, yeah, they have given themselves a little bit of a hole, but they're playing above 500. So it's, it's like, meh, all right. They kind of started to turn the ship around. So... I think complaining about anything in, in that aspect would be a moot point. So whatever, they're going to do what they're going to do. And they're hopefully going to keep doing whatever it is they're doing. Um, but you know, the, the thing that I truly can bitch about is they're not being a goddamn coffee cart. I feel you jerk. Any disappointment for you so far in the first quarter of the season? Yeah, I, I'm kind of with Rocket. I mean, I'm not going to talk about how upset and disappointed and frustrated I am with Lucas Radil. I mean, that would just be too easy. I mean, he can't score. He plays small. I mean, I'm not going to talk about those things. We all know it. The thing that I'm disappointed in oh, is just it's the team as a whole in the first um, part of the season, I guess you can say. Obviously, this team, they lost a lot. Lost a lot of guys up front in order to shore up the back end. It's been talked about so much, but... In spite of that, the Sharks still boasted a pretty solid forward group, and I I expected them to to kind of prove the haters wrong, you know, and still come out to to a quick start and get things rolling early on, and maybe take advantage of some Pacific Division teams who are in transition. And they did none of that. Um, they <laughs> just went through the motions, like, like Pierre Dorian says, they were a team um, to start the season, and really disappointing because. In my experience, when you have a lot to prove, you generally want to prove it. It's just my opinion. Um, that said, I I think at this point, and as we go further along, I think my early season disappointment will prove to be moot, as the Sharks have already turned around uh, their season at this this point. So we'll see. Or who knows? Maybe it'll all fall apart, and we'll be back here in six weeks talking about it. 
Hey, now. Uh, yeah, for me, the disappointment is, I want to say two words, Dalton Prep. Thank you for playing. Uh, so, we move on. We move on. Sometimes, people leak things. In fact, I believe we actually have a sounder somewhere of Hockey Jerk saying, you know, people and the things they leak. It, it, it wasn't me this time. Right? So... We talked about it last week that the Colorado Avalanche Stadium Series jersey had leaked. And so this week, of course, the LA Kings Stadium Series jersey has leaked. Now, is this better, worse, or the same rocket than the 2015 Stadium Series jersey they wore versus the Sharks? Oh, um, I think this is... Oh, wow. Okay. I The only reason why they needed the black contrast against that white is because you could see exactly where every one of those Coke lines is on L.A. <laughs> like, just, yeah, you need to know where to line those rails up at if your phone's not, if the back of your phone's not available. <clears throat> I think that these are, they're just as bad. Like, they're they're two sides of, of the same worthless coin. That's horrible. I hate it. All Give right. me about it. Jerk. They are. They're better, <laughs> but not by much. Uh, ugh, man, there really is a lot to unpack here. I mean, <laughs> not like <laughs> kilos you know, and kilos to them. Yeah, like, <laughs> like like Colorado. Colorado brings us, you know, the the bejeweled mascot or whatever, and then not to be outdone, here comes L.A. I mean. Might, you might as well just substitute that A there with an O and an L, to be honest. I mean, that's yeah. kind of how I feel about it. But <laughs> that said, it, I, I'll tell you this. Like, <laughs> being really bad or being bad is better than being really bad. That's kind of how I look at it. Um, so we'll see. Uh, I I think considering what L.A. has done with their jerseys in general the last three years, home, away, heritage retro alternate whatever word you want to use i think this is definitely a step up but again you know going from the street to the curb is a step up so hey now <laughs> uh, um still i uh i just i'm so angry at this like they could have put the burger king back on it made it like extreme you know like the the the, the new metal version of the Burger King jerseys, and they still those would have been a million times better than this. I I will yeah. Sorry, I have two things, two more things I want to say. <laughs> Jesus first thing, first thing, the speed lines behind L.A. I think those represent how fast the Kings are moving away from the last time they were good enough to make the playoffs. <laughs> That's how um, fast they're speeding towards the bottom. Yes. <laughs> Secondly, if you get in the time machine and go back to 2015. A lot of us complained about the Sharks and the King Stadium Series jerseys, how the uh, layered pattern, if you will, uh, the multicolor like the stacked Bronx on top candy. of each other, yeah. yeah, didn't go all the way around. And as you can see mm. in this picture, it goes all the way around this time. Now, is that better? I don't know, but it's different. I'll tell you what, the, the thing in comparison to Colorado's jersey – I look at this and I go, yes, this is much better. Uh, as a on a as a jersey, uh, on the whole, I kind of go, uh, yeah, no, not going to be one of my favorites ever. 
the only thing is just like as a hockey fan who has been a hockey fan for quite some time, for me, I just think it's funny that I look at that LA logo and it just reminds me of a old apparel company called Logo Athletic and it just makes me want them to return because I loved Logo Athletic stuff. Uh, but that A, like the more you stare at it, it just looks like, like a two-story building or something. <laughs> I think it looks like a door. Yeah, there's just something really odd about that. Either way, it was this, I think, was going to go down is quite honestly yeah. the worst stadium series jerseys ever. And yeah. and when you look at 2015, you go, that was a, a decent bar you had to get over. And lo and behold, they've done it. If you hold the front of that jersey up to a mirror, the crest will be reflected and it will say, AJ. Now, I don't know how that makes you feel, <laughs> but it's something to consider. Oh, dear Lord. Okay. Okay. So my, my ultimate opinion about it is this. I think de- what kind of, or excuse me, which, which jersey looks worse depends on what kind of person you are and what kinds of uh, recreational drugs you enjoy. If you like smoking, <laughs> smoking the devil's cabbage, you probably like the Colorado Avalanche jersey better because it's got that cool little alien spaceship at the top of a mountain. You know, that's a pretty cool thing. But then if you're into the amphetamines or maybe the cocaina, you know, <laughs> you, you probably like the L.A. version a little bit more. And if you like beer, then you don't really care because you probably think they're both ugly. Is that cocaine? <laughs> Uh, okay, let's get the hell out of here. It's time to go around the NHL, people. Oh, dear. Uh, in a game between the Ducks and the Capitals, ladies and gentlemen, a huge brawl broke out towards the end of the second period while the Caps were up 3 nothing. The brawl would culminate with the Caps' <laughs> Garnett Hathaway actually spitting on <laughs> Eric Goodbranson Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about this one for a second. Now, the the thing for me is, you know, Good Branson totally sucker punches Garnett. Is that an excuse for spitting on another player? Uh, No. You know, it's that whole thing of like, is is that excusable? No. Do I understand it? Well, maybe. (laughs) But Hathaway would get a three-game suspension for this, and it seems as though the thing that we have learned is that it is okay to lick your opponent, but not okay to spit on him. Jerk? Yeah, in in watching this all all break down, I I didn't like it at all, and and we, we see these things, I mean, kneeing and headshots and, like you said, licking, and it's all bad. But to see that go down, I mean, to see somebody actually have, make the effort to spit on someone, like... Well, it's not like it takes a whole lot of effort to hock a loogie, but go ahead. Right, but I'm just saying, there's so much disrespect that goes on. The only reason that you should ever spit on somebody is if they say, hey, can you spit on me? <laughs> and even then, And even then, like... Maybe it's just me, but I'm gonna feel a little hesitant in doing that. Or if now they happen I get to be it. on fire. Yes, exactly. And and now let let's not let's not hide from the fact that yes, Eric Goodbranson is known to do some dumb crap at times. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying he deserved this, but he definitely did stir the pot a little bit. That said, there's no room for it. 
in the league or anywhere in life, I think, personally, I would have given Hathaway more. But then again, you create an issue because the whole Marshawn licking thing got nothing. So it's tough. Personally, I hate it, but it's very new for the NHL. So anything you do, somebody's going to hate it, even though there's no prior issue to look at. See, I feel like there's probably three players that Rocket can list off in nanoseconds of players in the NHL that probably deserve to be spit on. <laughs> yeah, probably. Only in a professional capacity. I would never want somebody to like run up to them and be like, I'm somebody else's fan. <laughs> like, <laughs> don't do that. These are actual people, you know, even if they are assholes professionally they're still people yeah but ladies and gentlemen that will be my new text sound for whenever rocket texts me okay let's move (laughs) on to 2020 nhl hall of fame candidates that were announced and the notable first year eligible players if you're looking to the left uh you refer to them as dad if your name is Mm. hockey jerk uh, legend legend <laughs> yeah also marion hosa and shane don't now this is just the first year guys let's also talk about a few others uh patrick eliash second year yeah. sergey gonchar third year yeah i i would say sergey gonchar probably should be there yeah i'd give him another year uh daniel afridson fourth year legend uh rod brendamore eighth year the time to get him in? I don't know. Uh, ninth year. Nine years now. Jeremy Roenick. Been waiting. Styles 97. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Curtis Cujo. Curtis Joseph. Nine years. Pierre Turgeon. Ten years. Alexander Mulgilney. Twelve years. Theo Fleury. Noted Sharks Destroyer. Twelve years. Kevin Lowe. Twenty years. Doug Wilson, 25 years, eligible, not inducted. So, guys, if you look at this, I mean, if you can pick three out of that list, who are you going with? It depends on whether or not Sharks go uh, to Stanley Cup final in the next year or not. Well, no, because this is at a play at a player level, not a GM level. This just has to do with Doug oh. Wilson as a player. I don't really care. Um, <laughs> nobody cares. Good. Like, all I know about Doug Wilson as a player is like, okay, yeah, he was the Sharks' first captain, and he also had amazing hair. I I look at this and I say again, like, yes, what he did for what uh, he did for that franchise, yes. Uh, Shane Doan, mm-hmm. oh my God, the fact that he put that entire franchise on his back for two decades, yes. Hosa. No, not first year. I feel like he was a passenger on a quick moving train. Mm-hmm. Jerk. Yeah, yeah. Marion, especially I like how you said about Marion Hosa. I mean, he Marion Hosa was successful long before he was on Chicago. Now you could say that because of his career as a whole, he probably deserves to be there. And th- and I this is a really tough subject for me because you only you have a finite. you have a finite amount of spots right and so you obviously there are definitely more worthy players than there are spots so no matter how you slice it somebody's always going to get snubbed and i i think partial bias there obviously but i think jerome mcginley deserves to be there as you said what he's done for the calgary flames franchise i mean 
I, I'm not going to pretend like I know what was going on before he got there, but I imagine it wasn't as good as when he was there. I mean, Stanley Cup final in 2004, he won the Rocket Richard, scored a hell of a lot of goals. So, you know, obviously deserves to be there. I I do want to say, though, for Doug Wilson, I know Rocket said she doesn't care, but uh, one, one Norris Trophy, he was also nominated four other times, eight-time All-Star, a gold medal at the uh, Canada Cup, uh, Blackhawks franchise defenseman's leading scorer. So definitely worthy. But again, you run into that situation where you've been eligible and you can't break this glass ceiling. It's exactly what I'm saying. That's it's, it's tough because you have, it's a finite amount of spots. Like everybody who goes definitely deserves to be there. But even the guys who don't go there, they, there's a lot who probably deserve to be there. It's, it's very tough. You're going to always disappoint somebody no matter what. All right. Uh, let's move on. November 19th, Seattle general manager, Ron Francis said he hopes the NHL expansion team being the Seattle will announce its name in the first quarter or at least first half of next year. I would hope it would be in the first half since it was reported on November 2nd that they were going to announce it during the All-Star weekend. (laughs) I'm just getting a kick out of that story. The fact that they're sitting there going, well, it's been announced that, uh, yeah, they're going to do it. It's going to be sometime in the first part of 2020. And it's like, a-holes. You like three weeks ago, you said it was going to be at the All Star game. Get your act together. I'm just saying. Hey, 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 AJ. Yeah. Would you like to know what the Seattle team name is in two months or eight weeks? Up to you. You can choose. Okay. Okay. Then that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Pick one. <laughs> I, I prefer 63 days. That's just me. Sure. Sure. I'll take that as well. Wow. <laughs> Another story that came out this week. Uh, oh, my Lord. The cost index. The NHL fame cost index for this season has the Vegas Golden Knights sporting the fifth highest ticket for, you know, and it's the whole, and I still get a kick out of the, well, a family of four. How many times do you see a family of four at a hockey game? I'm just saying. But I, I, you know, I get what you're trying to do with the averages and everything like that. But right now, Vegas sporting that price, which is kind of impressive when you look at the teams above them. You've got, you know, the Rangers at MSG. That's a fairly hot ticket. Well, I shouldn't say it's a fairly hot ticket. Not a lot of people going to Rangers games, but the price, you can at least get it. You can understand it. You know, biggest market on the planet. Uh, everybody loves New York. Okay, I get mm-hmm. it. Uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, Hockey Mecca, sure. Chicago Blackhawks. A little surprising, not when you throw in the fact that they won, you know, three cups in six seasons, okay. And then Boston, yeah, that's, I don't know, you would think that there's going to be a lot of people spending their money on New England Patriots games. But either way, Vegas, only in the league, three seasons, they're already the fifth highest ticket. Um, What do you think about that, Rock? (laughs) <laughs> I think they're everybody the loves a shiny new toy. Yeah, it's basically what it is. Sure. Like I think the reason. Oh, I'm I sorry. Think the reason. I'm done. No, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. I was. I was, get, I was getting a delay. Time, I was getting a delay. Every go time ahead. I try to like start a sentence, you just like go off. I'm not sure nope. if you're doing it on purpose or not. Nope. Getting a delay. Go ahead. I think that the reason why it is so high is because it's still new. And also, I think that they 
know their fans in town will pay those prices because their fans are insane. <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> As yeah, and someone who's I, close I, I, to the region. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I I agree with I agree with Rocket there because you know the people who set the ticket prices for for Vegas, the Las Vegas Knights, obviously, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they think, wow, these are kind of high for, for what we're providing. But at the same time, if somebody's going to pay it, why wouldn't you set it that high? You know what I mean? And I, I, I think to there, I mean, I don't know about all the politics that go behind it, but you know, if you have a lot of shows and, performances and that sort of thing on the strip that you know are close to triple digits for a single ticket and then you have the las vegas nights where you can roll up and watch a hockey game for 37 bucks you know those other those other performing venues and whatnot are gonna start to feel a little pressed just because it's like well hey you know people are going to hockey games they're not coming to watch david copperfield or mariah carey or whoever the hell is there so no i'm not saying there's any politicking going on but i wouldn't be surprised i mean Everything, what I've learned with the Las Vegas strip and business model and all that stuff is even if everything is run by different people, they all, there's a network of, of conversation, we'll say. I like it. You say network, I say mafia, whatever, tomato, it's mafia. <laughs> Tornado, potato. Hey, now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, we get our first firing of the season. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs have finally jettisoned Mike Babcock. Now, there's been some things that have, shall we say, hit the wire since the firing a couple of days ago. <laughs> one being, oh, one tale was related to us in the past few days that is said to have had occurred in the 16-17 season during the annual father's trip. Babcock was alleged to have asked one of the Leafs rookies to list the players on the team from hardest working to those who, in the eyes of that rookie, didn't have a strong work ethic. The rookie did so, not wanting to upset his coach, but was taken aback when Babcock told the players who had been listed at the bottom. You're asking yourself, who who was that rookie? Mitch Marner. Uh, I think at that point when you ask a player to do something like that and he does it and then he makes that news public, how divided, Jerk, do you make a dressing room when you have a rook, a rook, come in and say, yeah, this veteran doesn't get it done? Yeah, that's not a good look for anybody. And I mean... I'm sure the defenders will tell you, oh, he was trying to spark the team and get everybody accountable and da, 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 da. But yeah, exactly. It like of all people, like you said, AJ, of all people to throw that at, you're going to throw it at a rookie. I mean, I've never played in the NHL, obviously, but if I'm a rookie in the NHL, the last thing I want to do is ruffle the feathers of anybody who has been in the league for half of my life. You know what I mean? Uh And like it just goes to show you i mean it's just another one of the, i mean mike babcock the name obviously comes with a lot of cred i mean three-time stanley cup finalist one of those he did win a cup uh with the red wings in 08 and obviously been in a lot of places he's got a lot of wins to his belt but just some of the things that i've heard and i know you have a couple of things you may want to mention but he, this just kind of proves the i guess 
the silent majority's uh, idea of him that he's kind of a dick, a crappy person. Yeah, <laughs> no, you, you can say he's, he's a bit of a dick. Uh, Rocket, we see from Mike Commodore. Who, Love commie, and this Love is commie. this is one of like seventeen <laughs> tweets. You know, hey Babcock, simply put, your players quit on you. They quit on you because you are a terrible human being. You are an average coach with an extremely oversized ego. You finally got exactly what you deserve, you selfish prick. The hockey world is ecstatic. So I ask you this, Rocket, uh, where does Babcock end up? (laughs) What team needs a selfish prick that players quit on him? Seattle? (laughs) Vegas? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> things are things are kind of like on the uh, you know in, yeah. in Vegas I'm, right now. I frankly am surprised their their fans aren't clamoring for Babcock to take the reins. Ooh. I don't know that they're not clamoring, but they are having issues right now. Just saying. Yeah, they had issues before. True that. So wait, is is so Mike Commodore? He's the guy that uh, is he the one that does the pack your shit, or is that a different guy? Yes, yes. Same okay. Guy. So like this is in his wheelhouse. This whole like, <laughs> yeah. This is why you got fired. Hashtag pack your shit. It's not like he's like this good Christian guy who only <laughs> retweets motivational quotes, and then all of a sudden just came out with like, Babcock, you dick. Blah, 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 blah. So this is like, you know, something that he he normally does for everybody. It's not just Babcock, right? Because I kind of get the feeling that a lot of people don't realize this about Commodore is that he does this. Yeah, it's it's very much his his shtick. And you can go you can go through his Twitter and go back to uh, like the trade deadline two years ago, you know, when he's like, oh, insiders work in the phones and he's got his notes with all the players. And in the top corner, it says, you know, F you, Mike Babcock. So like that's that's the level of <laughs> however, <laughs> you know, jerk. Did yes. that did, did Commodore not walk away with like all the foreseen points a couple seasons ago? Oh, yeah. yeah. He's every the last three deadlines. I think he's correctly predicted at least two trades. So he's. He he knows something. He broke he broke the the Nyquist to San Jose trade at like six Pacific time, and then everybody at midnight was like, "Oh my God, Nyquist to the Sharks!" And it's like, dude, <laughs> you just gotta been? follow Com. You gotta follow Kami. Like he probably threw back some Keystone lights and was just tweeting, you know. But <laughs> <laughs> like that that and and obviously with with only one player saying these things about Mike Babcock, it's easy to say, well, you're disgruntled because you have an isolated incident. But, you know, there's, I, I don't know exactly, I'm going to be honest, I don't know exactly what Chris Chelios said about Mike Babcock, but I know Chris Chelios has said something about Mike Babcock. Um, and the fact that Commodore has been sticking to this, this whole Mike Babcock sucks things for years now, it tells me that there may be some nugget of truth somewhere in there. And, and, you know, you can, there's various podcasts and radio interviews and stuff where you can listen to Mike Commodore and what he says. And I don't know if this means anything, but over multiple years and on different podcasts, his story has never changed, which tells me that there's some truth there. Yeah. Generally that's, that's a a good indicator that he is telling the somewhat truth. Yeah. (sighs) It's, I I just loves me some Mike Commodore right now. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I, you, you, I'll, he has on a, I don't know what the website is, but he has a page on this website where he sells 
like shirts with his <laughs> hashtag pack your his, shit. <laughs> yeah, no, literally, yeah. no, literally, it does. Like oh, I kind of want to buy one. <laughs> so awesome. He also, for those who follow him, he also sells a shirt that says "In One" on it, which I think is just <laughs> as great. <laughs> Oh, I'm dying over here. Oh, man, that's great. I want to um, – who's the player that follows everybody? Is that Boychuk? Uh, Zach, 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 Zach Boychuk. Yeah, I, yeah, I wish that was Kami. Anyway, uh, let's move on. <laughs> uh, so if you were unaware, everybody and their mother all purchased a Alexander Kerfoot jersey <laughs> uh, for $20. <laughs> at shop.nhl.com. Oh, my God. Anyway, Jerk, j- j- tell everybody about this stupid story. Okay, so for, for those who don't know, if you go on the Fanatics website, they sell a lot of autographed stuff, pucks, pictures, jerseys. A lot of it's really cool. And yesterday morning, it was, I guess, shared on Twitter that a... Uh, Alexander Kerfoot jersey, Alexander Kerfoot Avalanche jersey, autographed, was on sale for uh, $20 US. <laughs> now, Which, let I me mean... ask you this. Does Alexander <laughs> Kerfoot currently play for the Colorado Avalanche? No, he does not. He plays for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, Point made. But Go ahead. Th- those, those of us who are jersey collectors, I'll tell you, I bought one. Puck guy bought one. I know a couple <laughs> other people who bought one. Why wouldn't you? It's an Adidas jersey. It's autographed. 20 bucks. Why the hell not? And come to find out that it was an interview or um, a uh, inventory error. And I don't know, Fanatics or NHL.com or whomever couldn't track it properly. And it was a whole schmozzle. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, if you follow the Jersey Finder on Twitter, he posted, I guess, I guess close to 5,000 people bought a Kerfoot <laughs> jersey Dude. for 20 And supposedly, like, I, I think he said that less than 1% of the people who bought one will actually have their order fulfilled. Oh, absolutely. Oh. And I love this comment from Vince G. Speaking of hashtag pack your shit, looking into you, fanatics. Yeah, I just I don't understand how you make this big of a colossal screw up and this is I mean, we're already we're talking about a company that the vast majority, at least most of the people that I talk to, they can't stand this company. Their the product, the quality is crap. Their management of inventory is garbage. Like there's nothing these idiots can do right. Except, uh, the, like, I guess their budget for uh, commercials and advertising, like, okay, they can put together a decent ad, and they certainly have their automation down when it comes to, uh, I don't know, sending people an email every day saying, if you order something today, 20% off or whatever. Um, but <clears throat> it's, and see, and we're getting a comment right now from Steve in the chat that says class action shoot, suit. Uh, you could, but the problem is it's it's in their terms of service. What, what did that say, Jerk? Basically, um, I it basically says that they can cancel uh, an order without um, they can cancel an order freely if it's um, if it's misposted, whether if it's a price wise or quantity wise, size wise or whatever. They they are allowed to cancel it 
without having to notify you. Well, I mean, obviously they'll tell you it's canceled, but they, they don't have to be like, Hey, we're gonna cancel it, you know? And I think from their perspective, I mean, it's probably good. They have that in their terms of service because (laughs) I mean, I mean, I know Alex, I know Alex Kerfoot is supposed to have a hearing with, with DOPS about a potential suspension. I mean, I don't know. There are, there are some people who wear tinfoil hats that think he's going to get suspended so he can sign a bunch of avalanche jerseys. This is so funny. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh, speaking of suspensions. And that's something that we didn't even mention is that, uh, um, (laughs) <laughs> to to call it back for a second, Hathaway did get three games for the spitting incident. And then, Jerk, uh, we're going to wrap this up uh, with you and Rock here for a second. Uh, explain to me what in the holy hell happened with St. Louis and how much of an idiot you have to be to cross-check the same guy twice after you've already been called for a penalty and you're already on the NHL's shit list for doing the same move. Yeah. So here's the thing about Robert Bertuzzo, stupid idiot. Uh, number one, if you, I don't know if you've got the clip on hand, AJ, Unfortunately, but I don't, but go ahead. If you don't. So very easy. You can go on Twitter. Um, I don't recall who gifted, but I know a lot of people have. You just type Robert Bertuzzo. And basically, Victor Arvidsson, he's already in a vulnerable position. His back is to Bertuzzo, and his head is near the crossbar. So I, I, this is just me, but I think a smart person would say, okay, I don't want to murder this guy, so I'm just going to peel off. Or if I am going to initiate contact, I'm going to grab the back of his sweater and pull him away from my goalie. No, Bertuzzo dangerously cross, uh, cross-checks him in the spine, and I don't know for certain, but it looked like he may have bumped his forehead on the crossbar. Yeah. And then the referee puts his arm up and good on the referee for catching that. And Bortuzzo looks at the referee, realizes he's going to get a penalty and then cross checks Victor Arvidsson in the spine again. It's it's a oh, lower just, back, dude. That was like yeah. it was like he, he, he was like looking for like a liver or something back there. Yeah, yeah it, it, it honestly it's a it was a really disgusting play to see like i know obviously with hockey it's like you you play to win and you obviously stand up for your teammates but even if the guy's on the other team there's no reason to try and you know kill him right and this like i said the reason why he's a dumb idiot and you alluded to it aj but not too long ago i think last season he was suspended for doing the same thing to Brock Nelson on the Islanders. (laughs) And I know there's one other instance that slips my mind here. Like there's a history of him just being a thug for no reason. And of course he plays on St. Louis. I mean, not to go down that well, but St. Louis is known for uh, employing some thugs. Uh, Game five, Western Conference final 2019. Um, Hold on. I got one for you. (laughs) It was very low. Uh, right, here, I'll give you this one. Uh, playoffs. There you go. Oh, my God. <laughs> but it, it's just it's one of those things where it, it's just a disgusting play. I mean, you you have to have respect for your opponent. Yes. Like, even if he's encroaching on your goalie, just pull him away, you know, and, and that's all it takes or say, hey, bud, like, you know, what's going to happen if you get by my goalie? Like, you don't have to kill a guy. Yeah. And. I they gave Bortuzzo four games for it. I wish they would have given him ten. Honestly, yeah. I'm, I, and I'm right there with if you. That other guy got three games for spitting on a guy. Yeah, 
And you're only going to give him one extra game and he's a repeat offender for nearly yeah. taking a guy's spine out through his face. Okay, cool. Well, I, I think you make an, an excellent point, Rocket, is that the NHL Department of Player Safety, it's it's still just the spinning uh, wheel. Just, you know, mm-hmm. roll the wheel, throw the dart wherever it lands. That's where it is. That's what they're going to get. There's still no rhyme or reason. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Like to me, it. I feel maybe I'm wrong, but to me, I just feel like you know what? If you're already a repeat offender, you should like automatically like take the four games that he gets mm-hmm. for the actual infraction. But then it's either you know either like automatically double whatever they decided yeah. on, or like okay, whatever it is, yeah, tack on another five because he's a repeat offender. Like that's yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah like Rafi Torres treatment, huh? Like, like if, if you're <laughs> exactly if, and the other the other thing that really bothers me too about the NHL's player safety policies is I don't know the exact time frame, but I believe the repeat offender tag goes away after 18 months. Yeah. So and like you, could, I don't think you, it should. No, it mm-hmm. should. You could you could kill a guy, wait 18 months, and kill a guy again, and be like, oh, that's two games, not a repeat offender under oh, the rules. Fine. But, so clearly, Rafi Torres's issue is he needed to wait 18 months. Oh, right, yeah. but no, but I like what you said, AJ, because if you look at this Bortuzzo, say, okay, he's a repeat offender, so automatically whatever decision we come to, double it. Like that should just be the standard. So it's like, okay, that's a cross check to the back, dangerous position. Eh, that's that's a four game suspension, but he's a repeat offender, so that's a times two Eight multiplier. Games. Yeah, yeah. Like, absolutely. You yeah. like the N- the NHL wants to talk about keeping their players safe and keeping the product safe and everything, but like, how are you gonna? How are you going to make an example out of anybody if you don't give them something to actually be worried about in terms exactly. of a punishment? Um, just getting a little bit uh, notification here. This is great, by the way. We were talking about Jersey Finder earlier and the whole kerfuffle, the whole shit show from the Fanatics. Uh, the Jersey Finder is tweeting up, per the request of Fanatics, I have taken down both tweets. A senior coordinator reached out and notified the page that there were inventory issues with both jerseys. Yeah, I can't imagine a company saying, yeah, 2,000 Kerfoot autograph jerseys. Yeah, we got those. Um, Anyway, an internal investigation is currently underway to determine why the website did not show an out-of-stock message. An investigation. Please. It's like, Tommy, you had two jobs. Get coffee and keep an eye on inventory when we upload a sale. That's all you had to do. Either way, whatever. That one little toggle button, then we said, don't move that when you upload new merchandise. Yeah. You you moved it, didn't you? You yeah. moved that toggle button that, that turned off the sold out. It was That's all you did. supposed to be 10. <laughs> you put in 1,000. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. And I don't, I don't know if you guys saw too, but I guess... Because of the whole Jersey snafu, I guess Jersey Finder lost out on like $4,800 worth of commission. <laughs> what a shocker. Oh, yeah. Hashtag class action. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Goddamn first, terms. Wor- first world problems. Yeah. You yeah, hate to sign it. Ooh, okay. I can I, say, terms and can I say one more thing about Mike Babcock and then we can move on to actually the Sharks? Yes, yes please. please. <laughs> So on Sauce Hockey, which is the website Mike Commodore uses for all of his merchandise, there is a shirt. It says, pack your shit, which is his normal (laughs) shtick. And under it, it has a hockey bag that says Babs on it. So 
In case you want to go pick that up or look at it, saucehockey.com. It's me likey. <laughs> yeah. Where is my credit card? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's move on and finally talk about some sharks this week. The week in sharks. The Sharks have gone two and one in games versus Edmonton, Vegas, and the New York Islanders. Eight and two over their last ten. Only the Islanders and Dallas have actually done better during that stretch. We start off with Edmonton after a six-game winning streak. The Sharks were absolutely blown out by an Edmonton team that had been embarrassed at SAP a week earlier. So they came back for a little bit of wet retribution. Retribution. I'm channeling my inner Elma Fudd. Uh, the score makes it appear closer than it was, to be quite honest, with <laughs> the 5-2 to two loss. The three stars, McDavid, Clefbaum, and Koskinen. Uh, this, again, a 5-2 loss, and I got to tell you, Rocket, I, I was just kind of like, it didn't feel like it was that close. Yeah, no, it wasn't. Uh, kudos to Edmonton's coaching staff for making the necessary adjustments to come in and decimate San Jose. Poor Connor McDavid is basically he's got uh, he's got like a busted yo-yo and three Teddy Ruxpins on defense. It's just him and yeah, some old broken down 80s toys. And they're going to have to I feel bad for that kid. But yeah, you know, they came in and got it done. Good job. That was nice. Uh, following the Edmonton game, we have Vegas. The, <sighs> you know, you remember. First two opening games, the Sharks ended up getting blown out. What was it, like a combined score of like 9-2 to two or something? Those something were, like that. Yeah, October 2nd and 4th. It, w- it was not good, people. So coming into this one, on paper, there's no way the Sharks win this game. No hurdle. Aaron Dell gets a start. <laughs> Goodrow centering the second line. Uh, Shimmick and Melker get hurt partway through this game. DeBoer's dressing 7-D. Uh, they're playing in Vegas where they only have one win. On paper, the Sharks had zero business winning this game. And then on top of it, Auntie Suamela, who's recent call-up, opens the scoring. The goal gets waived after Merrill pushes Meyer into flurry. Um, and, of course, O'Halloran, one of you know the major referee, you know, the referees that called the major in Vegas was part of this and they waived the goal. I thought that was BS jerk. I mean, wh- what was your take on it? I mean, I, I mean, I got the teal tinted glasses on. I get that, but I still, I'm, I'm at this point. And it's like, are the sharks ever going to win a goddamn challenge? Like when did the Sharks stop paying for the ineptitude of the officials eight months ago? So I, I appreciate everything that you said, but uh, <laughs> here's how you're I'm, wrong. Unfortunately, I do think it was the right call to wave it off only because I know, I know. I'm sorry, everybody. I've let you all down. But but if you go back and if you look at the footage again, I mean, Flurry's in his blue. He's entitled to that space. And the argument, I, I mean, maybe Merrill pushed him, but maybe he didn't. And I don't know it. The regardless you know, the player, I believe it was Meyer, bumped into Flurry while he was yep. in the blue. I mean, the referee's going to see that before they see anything else, unfortunately. Um, I'm just happy, both as a Sharks fan and as somebody who paid the dumb amount of money to be there, <laughs> that the Sharks actually won. 
Nice. Okay, so I have a, have a quick observation about ticket prices in Las Vegas. Do you think it has anything to do with uh, they maybe think that the On Ice product is worth that much money because the hit counts are so high? Oh, 100%. 100%. Okay. They, I mean, it's there's a lot of it that goes into it. I mean, the whole if anybody's ever been to a game at the Las Vegas Arena, which I'll tell you is a very beautiful arena, but it oh, should be. It's only it's it's only four years old. It should be nice. There's there's a lot going on. They they have a smoke machine for when the players take the ice during warmups, and they have a really a really impressive subwoofer, and they blast the horn when the doors to the building open. So there, there's a lot of production value going on. Yeah, Rocket, I see your face. It's as weird as it sounds. Um, do they have Lord. a coffee cart? Oh, Jesus yes, Christ. Yes, actually, they Can do. They do. But is I, it, I'll, I'll is it Duncan or is it uh, Pete's? I'm not Tim sure. Hortons. Okay, uh, uh, let's move on. Carry on. <laughs> but yeah. yes, as, as, as somebody who paid the money to be there, I'm happy that this goalie interference didn't matter in the final score. But the thing is, too, is that, but I look at that interference call, and then it just reminds me of Game 2 versus Vegas Couture. Last playoffs. I digress. Yeah. Yeah. No, I see what you're saying. Right? So, anyway, uh, first time between these two teams that San Jose hasn't given a goal in the first period. That's huge. Uh, would end with L- Logan burying a rebound on a breakaway from a nice little Vlasic pass. Big win for Aaron Dell, stopping 38 of 39. And um, rolling 7D with Suamela. And somehow, somehow, the three stars from this game are Couture, which, okay, gets the game winner. Absolutely. And then somehow, Braden McNabb, who had one assist. And then third star is Ryan friggin Reeves because he had 12 hits. Are you serious? And it Worth just every penny. Oh my God. It just to look at the three stars. And what's funny is there were a lot of sharks fans looking at the three stars going really, really, you know, the sharks win this game again. Aaron Dell stopped 38 of 39. Doesn't crack the top three. Are you effing kidding me? And it's this is why there are a group of fans that don't take Vegas seriously. It's shit like this when they pull this crap where it's like you can't be honest about the three stars with the crap like that. Whatever, fine. And then to take it a step further, let's talk about the Cody Eakin dive. Oh my lord. Cody Eakin <laughs> I don't even I'm like I look at this and I'm I'm like trying to figure because I know Dylan got called for the penalty, but I look at this play and I'm like I'm okay so I guess Dylan gets like the butt of his stick near Eakin's face. I don't but his know. His hand is over the end of his stick though. If his hand is there, then how could his stick be past his hand? That's what I'm saying. And just the fact that Eakin acts like he got clotheslined. <laughs> this no, is, it's, it's, good, so... it's not Dylan. It's Goodrow's stick that gets him. No, it's Dylan. No, it's not. No, yeah, no. Look, look at no. Look at Goodrow's stick. Look at Goodrow's stick. Goodrow's stick really? was flying out of his hands. Yes, because Cody well, Eakin skated directly into it. Well, then either way, then you, all it does is show that the that the officials are just even more inept because oh, they yeah, called it, it on Dylan. Wrong. I know. 
But either way, I'd be curious. I'd be curious to see if Egan had any ketchup packets in his helmet here. Oh, hey now. Well, no, just and and the fact and this uh, this is uh, really funny too that Puck Guy fourteen. Uh, loyal viewer of the show, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I like he had to specify the 14th one. Yeah. Uh, but just the fact that also, what about the Cody Eakin nut slash? Because if you remember later in this game, he totally spears Timo Meyer right between the berries and didn't get called. And it was just, uh, and what's really funny too is that after this game, there were a few people, a few Vegas fans that are like, why is Cody Eakin on this goddamn team? And it's so funny, if you remember, as a Sharks fan, he was the first perpetrator of the Pavelski, you know, leaking from the head, followed by Stastny, but it all started with Eakin off that. Funny how just, a, you know, six, seven, eight months later, all about the, you know, phantom call, blah, blah, blah. And now the same guy who did it, why is this guy even on my goddamn team? He sucks. So either way, I get a kick out of that. And let's just finish this <laughs> off with Vegas. This is one of my favorites. So this was filmed, uh, obviously, on the concourse in Vegas during the pregame show. They, they aired this. So there's some schmuck <laughs> in Vegas who uh, clearly – has enough money to buy a jersey to put sharks and he can't even put suck i don't even know why you would even put that uh logo in the middle it's stupid but it's like <laughs> dude if, like if you're gonna go full bore and try to get some stupid ass jersey like that you don't even have the balls to spend like the extra 40 dollars and get the adidas like the authentic <laughs> one okay fine and then I'm assuming he put 17 on there because that was the season they started. But either way, there's just so... All this does is just tell everybody, dude, the Sharks are so living in your mind. Unless, and have been for a long time, if it says 17. He has, uh, unless he has 28, no, 29 more jerseys or at least more name bars so that every other visiting team that comes in <laughs> says like ducks suck i'll suck if he's got one for everyone i get that like if but the name bar is velcro exactly because like you know on my practice <laughs> the name bar is velcro it, it's it's in there you know no, it's happened I, no, but god if it's a, just san jose come on dude rent Get over yourself rent rent free i'll tell you something about rent free the Dan O'Halloran was announced as one of the referees for that game. Yep. Booed out of the building. Oh, yeah. Now, like, gee, I okay. wonder why. And now here's the thing. By all means, be pissed off about how a playoff game or series ends. Be pissed off about how something transpires. But it's the next season. Like, nothing's going to change. Time travel is not real. I'm sorry to tell you. There's nothing you can do to change it. Dan O'Halloran gets booed as he's announced, which, I mean, I have a soft spot for referees. He's doing his best. Number two, and perfect, perfect, perfect heel move by Evander Kane. Warm-ups are done. Kane goes out, does a twirl on the ice by himself, shoots the puck. Fantastic. I was down there. I saw it happen. Kane got to the bench. He looked at somebody on the bench, one of the coaches or staff or something, and he stuck his tongue out and smirked. I loved the heel move. It was great. Um, Vegas fan, and they booed him while he did that. 
um, they they Sorry. chanted, you know, they chanted, uh, Kane, so pay you your suck. markers. Yeah, pay your markers as well. Which I mean, like as you know, as someone who buys a ticket as a fan of a team, you're allowed to do all those things. You're creating an environment. You're having fun, and I respect that. But like, let it go. Like there well, are twenty nine other. There are 29 other teams in the NHL that you can be butthurt about. Like, like, don't it, dude, you can't be butthurt about those other 29 teams because they didn't knock you out in the first round because they, you know, they got a five minute major that dude, they're I'm never going to let that go. Well, did, you should probably did, let go of the fact that you let the other team score four goals in five yeah. minutes. No, 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 it's like, not. No, 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 no. It's uh, not the fault of their penalty kill. Oh, it is the okay. fault of the officials. You need to get that through your head. Okay. I'm just saying. Uh, and then we're talking about the three stars. Lots of teams are biased when picking the three stars. I, I, I mean, I get that part. It's, it's local media. I'm, I totally get you on that. But when it's that blatantly obvious, like how does Dell stop 38 of 39? How does Dell at the minimum, I would have given Dell a star over Couture in that game. I'll, I'll do you one. I'll do you one better. I'll do you one better. I would have given Marc Andre Fleury a star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello. Yeah. Okay. He saved thirty-eight of forty. Yeah. yeah. It's like, hey, you know what? Flip a coin between Fleury and Dell for the first and second. You give Couture the third for hitting the game winner. And we all go home happy, and it makes sense. And I think the Ryan reason why Reeves, like, go ahead. I, I think it's to get in the kitchen of the Sharks and say, oh, look at, you know, your your foil, your heel, he's doing good things again. But truthfully, I don't think the Sharks care. And the fact that, <laughs> go back and watch that game. How many fracases and minor BS did Evander Kane get involved with? Zero. Zero. <laughs> well, the whole thing, too, <laughs> think about it, is clearly the hit counter in Vegas has a vote for the three stars. <laughs> legit. No, legit. I think that that has something fully on what they i don't know what it is but there's a small contingent of people that has like a just a titanium boner for that guy <laughs> and i mean i beyond what's appropriate oh, insofar as like being a fan God they're like damn i i mean i know that that would take okay. up an amazing amount of space on a nameplate but i really want that on the back of a jersey just titanium, titanium boner bo no i want titanium joner 31 <laughs> All right, let's move on. Uh, so finally, the last game was versus the New York Islanders, who came into SAP Center, hottest team in the league. Again, back-to-back. -back, you looked at the game versus Vegas. Like I said, no hurdle. Uh, you got Dell starting all these different factors into account that on paper, no way the Sharks win this game. Kind of the same thing versus the Islanders. Almost a carbon copy game. Goes to overtime after a 1-1 score. A really tight game, and again, won by a goal from Couture. Uh, somehow, the Sharks get the first penalty in this game and then give up six straight. Okay, <laughs> fine. I don't even understand what the hell that was about. Uh, but at least the three stars in this one were Jones, Sorensen, and Couture. You have to credit Jones in this one who... After seeing Dell's performance versus Vegas Rocket, you had to figure that Jones was like... Okay, well, actually, at this point, I don't even know about the goaltending because it is so scattershot. You see that Jones in his last five starts, 
893, 828, and then bam, 964. And you're like, wait, where did that come from? And we talked about it last week with Alex Stalock, where it's like 860, 960, 860, 960. Like, it's like, how do you deal with this? And what Jones are we going to see Rocket versus LA tomorrow night? See, that's that's a tough thing to to try to equate is Stalock and Jones because Stalock, you at least knew why he had the difficulty that he did because he was very physical. He would come out of the blue paint too often, get too aggressive, and too many times it would backfire and empty net. You know, like that's that was my issue with him. So like he just wouldn't stay put with Jones. Just he can't see some stuff like some stuff kind of comes in sideways sometimes so it's not necessarily a technique thing as for Jones as much as it was I think for Alex Stadok I that so for me it's like it's tough to say why his numbers are the way they are other than um I have to remember that there's two sides to this which means that the other team also, again, has coaching staff with eyes like lasers on Jones and every single tiny little idiosyncrasy that he has, you know, like, oh, if you just go up to him two inches shorter than you normally would and shoot two inches lower than you normally would, you'll get him every time, son. He, you know, like, <laughs> throw that in there. Um, like it, 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 so I think that, uh, I think that just a lot of times it has to do with coaching on the other team. Uh, the kind of notes that they give the boys on on what they see Jones doing and not doing. Uh, and I think that dependent on the other team kind of has a little bit like the coaches who have a better read on him. Jones numbers go down. The other team that maybe doesn't have as good a read on him. Jones numbers stay OK. I don't think it's necessarily he went out there and laid an egg tonight. He went out there and didn't. I mean, yeah, all goalies have good nights and bad nights, but you also have to remember it's not a static situation. There is a, an opposing force that's actively trying to break you down. Um, and I also think that's one of the reasons why they left Dellen against Vegas is because of that particular piece of information. I don't think that Vegas had uh, coaching background give that much kind of notes on give that much kind of notes English speak it um give those type of notes on Aaron Dell so they're kind of just a little bit like I don't really know about this guy he seems to have a stick in one hand and a blocker in the other and if you you shoot it between his legs it might go and then I don't know this Dell guy does anybody know about this Dell guy I I don't know just shoot the puck at him see so it yeah so it, it it I think it it's the other team. I don't know. Maybe Jones is losing vision in one of his eyes. That's the only other thing I can think of. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about this Vegas game. Because that was the one that really stuck out for me. You know, It was like the Edmonton. Yeah, okay. When Edmonton came, they, they kind of, again, like I said, that game, the score makes it seem like it was closer than it was. It really wasn't. But and and then the Islanders come in red hot. But for me, it was all about the Vegas game, and I just think it was so funny because this is the dad's trip, jerk, was it not? Yes, it was. How do you not take your dad's to Vegas? That's all I'm saying. Uh, you know, hopefully you don't end up in the same strip club. But uh, the funny thing about this one, and again, I go back to the whole idea of that the Vegas fans for me, it reminds me of Sharks fans. In their third year, 
fourth year of existence. There was a play where Couture was up against the boards, tries to swing the puck out, gets the stick up. In his follow-through, Couture catches Schmidt in the grill. That's not a penalty. But you got 18,000 Vegas fans start chanting, Ref, you suck. Despite showing a replay, I might add. So clearly there's a, a faction of Vegas fans who don't know the rules that, the, you know, that's okay. But, hey, I remember being at the Shark Tank in their third year of existence. And every time the Sharks had a power play, any time the puck was in the offensive zone, you Damn. had... You, no, no. Anytime oh. the puck was in the offensive zone, you had 16,000 fans going... Shoot! Dude, why, why, why are you acting like that's exclusive to 1994? That still happens. Yes, that, yeah, but it's a... not nearly. No, dude, you weren't around. I was. No, I'm telling dude, you. That, it yes, was... we all know how old you are. Boomer, oh, but anyway. f you, you, you toothless bastard. F you. No, but no. I I was I was at the home opener this season for the Sharks, and I don't know who had the puck, but they had their back to the net. And somebody near me said, shoot. So <laughs> Yeah. No, and see, that's the whole thing. Every fan base has idiots. We right. get it. It just and it doesn't matter your sport. They all have it. Uh, but just I, I just got a big kick out. It, it, it's the fact that there's so many loudmouth Vegas fans on Twitter. Now, granted, there's a lot of loudmouth Sharks fans on Twitter and the other 29 teams. But it's funny to hear some of them pontificate as if they are so intelligent and knowledgeable and, and very educated about the game. And then you hear 15, 16,000 people going refuse suck because they don't understand the rule about a follow through. But anyway, I digress. Uh, I go back to the fact of there was no hurdle. Dell got the start. Goodrow is centering the second line. But like you said, Goodrow probably should at least a quarter way through the season might get like the, I don't know if there's an internal version of like the, like a team MVP, but right now probably goes to good row. Uh, Shimmick and Melker get hurt midway through this game. You also have uh, the offensive weapon of Tim Heed playing on the fourth line dressing 7D. Uh, the Sharks had no business winning this game, but can we also talk about um, just for a hot second jerk, how, nervous are you about I'm always nervous well yeah I figured that but how this is not sustainable you cannot win a Stanley Cup playing three lines you know what I mean it's like yeah Dalton Prout is a tire fire shouldn't be on this team Lucas Radil, yeah you had like those five or six really cool games last season you tickled me enough that I thought about buying a jersey and then I like like stopped drinking that night <laughs> uh, it was, yeah. Uh, it, and I just look at this it, it, in, in the Cuda shuttle. It's like, well, we're going to bring over Gregor for a couple games. Okay. Well, that didn't work. Let's bring over Bergman. Well, that didn't work. Let's, you know, like who's next? Is it, is it going to be uh Shmulevsky? Is it going to be Chekovic? It was going to be, I mean, who is next on it's uh, Blickfeld, Latunov. Who's next on this Cuda shuttle? Either way, jerk. This team cannot ice a reliable fourth line. 
Yeah. Now, to go back a little bit, on the Teal Town After Dark, um, after the Edmonton Oilers game, uh, AJ, we talked about how Lucas Radil needed to step up or he was going to be out of the lineup. And then we saw in the Vegas game he played, I think, a shift in the third period. And no, in the, no, I, he didn't. No, okay. And then I know, <clears throat> excuse me, in the Islanders game, he didn't play in the third period either. Oh, I'm sorry. So, I th- I, I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about Islanders. No, you are correct. It was, um, yeah, you were correct. Was he had one shift in the third? Gotcha. Yeah. So. You know, we we said we we put it out there that Radil needed to step up and uh, he did not. Um, so you're right. It's been kind of touch and go with the fourth line. It's been a revolving door. 7D. We've obviously seen that something that stands out to me. So for those who don't know, with the salary cap, every day that you are under the salary cap, it tacks on a little bit of extra wiggle room for you come trade deadline. So right now, according to Cap Friendly, the projected cap space is $890,000. But if you look at deadline cap space, it's almost $4.2 million. Now, <laughs> million. <laughs> now, the Sharks would have to do some finagling here, obviously. Uh, no, I think I think you mispronounced finesse, but go ahead. <laughs> but <laughs> the the appearances that I see, the Sharks are trying are saving as much cash as they can in order to maybe try and make something happen. If we recall recall back to the 16-17 and 17-18 season, guys like LeBanc, guys like Barkley Goodrow, guys like Joachim Ryan, those guys rode the shuttle every day. Goodrow would get called up, warm up, and go back down in, in an effort to save cash. And we didn't really see that last year, but this year we're starting to see it again. And I wonder if the Sharks are trying to save every penny they can to maybe pick up another Nyquist-type player at the deadline. I should I should hope so. They got, they got to pick up something right now. I mean, <clears throat> right now you have, I mean, Blickfeld leading the CUDA with seven goals right now, 12 points in 15 games. That's not bad, but... I mean, he wasn't that impressive when he was wearing a Sharks jersey. You have Latunov leading the Barracuda right now with 13 points in 16 games. And, you know, he hasn't even gotten a look yet with the big club. Halbgawax, 12 points, 17 games, also has not gotten a look. True, 11 points, 17 games, hasn't gotten a look. Uh, has Gregoire gotten a look yet? Thomas Gregoire? Yeah. Uh, I don't even think no. he's getting a call up yet. But he's also a defenseman. So. Well, d- yeah, but at this point, I mean, <laughs> what do you have to lose? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Bergman, 10 points in 13 games. And we saw that he did get a few. Well, obviously, he's only played 13 games with the Kuda, So, seriously, he's gotten some time with the Sharks. And then right now, it's Suomela. So... Anyway, uh, let's address our buddy Michael Meyer, who was awesome enough to support this show with a super chat comment. Michael Meyer rolling in here hot, saying the fourth line is concerning for sure, but also worried about the third line. Jumbo just doesn't look effective most nights. Need production from them, and I gotta say, I'm 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 in the same boat. To be quite honest with you. I don't know if it's just me, uh, Rocket, but Jumbo, this is the first year I've really seen him show his age. Like, legs look heavy. Uh, I think that your role, uh, I think 
expecting to see Joe Thornton that we've seen from years past is sort of not the best way to go about it. You know, like it's he's shifted into another gear and it's a slower gear, but it's still God, are you the legs might be a tick slower, but I'm not gonna trade that hockey IQ for anything. I get that, but oof. No, he's still he's still fine. He's he's a little bit slower, but you don't need him to be a speed demon. You don't need him uh, to no, be. No, I've never. No one's ever looked for him to be the speed demon, and he yeah. does have an amazing IQ for finding the pass at the right time. But he's also had a knack for finding a, the right space to make that right pass, and it seems like he's been a step slower to those places. We'll see what happens, uh, and then we, of course see in the chat heed to forward. I mean, well, they're not using him on defense, so hell, why not? Uh, why not? <laughs> um, they can save some money. Why not? But I do have a question, uh, Jerk. Can you, in your amazing, you know, you you literally are the magic eight ball of the NHL, thus all your foreseen points, explain to me how Prout and Radil are still on this goddamn team. Well, eight, eight ball working so, a little slow today. <laughs> no, I'm I'm laughing. So the reason the reason why Prout is on this team is because he brings a physical element, and you know the Western Conference. It's about how hard you hit and X, Y, and Z, and blah blah blah. Yeah, no, Prout is on this team because Peter DeBoer doesn't like Tim Heed. Although <laughs> I don't know the That's, fact that yeah, the fact that Tim Heed has been playing as the seventh defenseman and not. You know, calling up a Jacob Middleton or a Trevor Carrick, I think that speaks volumes. But yeah. Dalton well, Proud it is speaks volumes that he has some talent at the forward position. Yeah, a- but... and it really speaks volumes where it's like, wait, we can put Heed there instead of calling up a Cuda player that's a forward. Hmm, what does that mm-hmm. say? Yeah, I, I, I think. Yeah, Proud is on this team because you know he's a physical element and blah 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 blah. That's what the coach will tell you. But other than that, no clue. Radil is on the team because he had a decent showing, as you alluded to last year, AJ. But since then, not really a whole lot to be excited about. I mean, we've been over all of his faults, but I think same kind of thing. He's big and he did good things for the Sharks that one time. So I think that's why <laughs> I think that's why his his time is still here. But I, I I'm waiting and, and we've seen this happen in the past. I'm waiting. It, eventually, it'll get to a point where DeBoer or Doug Wilson will be like, you know what? This ain't really working for me. And just cuts bait. I know Rocket might remember this. I know AJ will remember this. But remember every day you'd wake up and check Twitter and Adam Burge was still on the roster. And, <laughs> and then that one day in January 2015, you wake up and Adam Burge has been put on waivers. And I think oh, yeah. I think San Jose had an earthquake from everybody yelling, thank effing God. So... <laughs> See, this was about this was about two months before uh, I really started to kind of get into things. Yeah, so I remember oh. I remember Ian I remember Ian being particularly irritated about the whole Adam Burrish thing, oh. and he was he was extremely relieved. I remember that much for the longest yeah, me, time. I what? just being like Adam, who I don't know who this guy is. What? Huh? I don't what know. Was, 
wasn't that like one of the first guys where it's like you know so the date is you know month day year (laughs) and adam burrish is still on his team and then finally the you know the sharks jettisoned burrish and we have uh i think live audio of randy hahn when he heard found out the news yeah there you go so (laughs) Uh... but my my point in all of this is I think eventually Wilson and DeBoer will get to a point where it's like, yeah, this is not working out. We need to do something about this. And Radil will probably get waved and proud. I don't even know. Like, we we talked about it last week. Um, but when you have a concussion and you come back, you probably shouldn't get into a fight. And if that's what, <laughs> <laughs> like, if that's what Prout felt that he needed to do, maybe he should be somewhere else. I mean, we see this. This is not new with the Sharks. The Sharks have a habit of picking up guys who spent, you know, prior to the Sharks picking them up, spent maybe 12 to 18 months playing a regular role in the AHL. And then they sign with the Sharks and it's like, this guy's going to be in our top six. Like Dalton Prout played most of the year with the Stockton Heat last year. Yeah. No, it's Eh. like we get it. Yeah. It's, it was never going to work from the start. There's no reason. But, and again, it's that idea of players like Ferraro making this look even worse. So, I'm so happy that he's playing well. Oh, God, I love Ferraro. Uh, so anyway, uh, let's get into one more here from the chat line. As of right now, Sharks would have just in four mil in the deadline cap space. What do they need most? A third line forward? Uh, right now, I think they need a second line forward, to be honest with you. <laughs> we should just get in our time machine and bring Nyquist back. I was going to say, you know what they need is Goose freaking Nyquist. But anyway, uh-huh. um, I think that's about time to wrap it up. We always sit there and say we want to go, you know what, a good solid 45 to 50 minutes. And we always go a half an hour over our target. So, booyah. Um, I don't oh, know. I'm sh- I'm I'm looking forward to uh, Michael Haley's return tomorrow versus yep. LA. But anyway, God damn it, that makes me so mad. <laughs> stop saying stop saying words. <laughs> it's like uh, Beetlejuice. You say it enough, and it's going to show up. Uh, Haley, Haley, Haley. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> so thank you so much for watching. I'm going to do a little bit of a spiel here that I want to tell all the people that are nice enough to watch us. While I'm doing that. I'm going to, before I do that, I'm going to ask you a question so that while I'll do that, I'll be able to see the responses. So do you all that are watching us right now, do you prefer this live version of the Pucknologist and you think we should continue doing live or did you think the pre-recorded version was cool and you like that? So anyway, cast your vote now in the chat. And while you do that, I will move on to say November 30th. Come and join us at IBU slash Stuffed Pizza in Milpitas. We're going to have a cool little viewing party versus the uh, Desert Dogs. Hey, now. And why wouldn't you have a viewing party versus the Desert Dogs at a tap room with some killer pizza So November 30th, come and join us. Five o'clock start versus the Desert Dogs. And we're also going to be giving uh, some cool little things away. Not going to tell you what all of they are, but this one behind me might be involved. Just saying. November 30th, come and join us. Watch party. 
Sharks versus the Coyotes. And don't forget, in about a week or so, holidays might make the timing a little tweaky, but we do plan on having episode five of In the Reef, where we will be talking to Kevin Lacey and Nick Nolenberger about what has gone on with the San Jose Barracuda, because it's been a hell of a November, my friends. Holy hell. We're talking one, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, six straight losses, then a win, then two more losses, then a win. And somehow in between all that, a bajillion teddy bears were tossed on ice and a bajillion waffles were eaten, unless your name was Tanya. That's how <laughs> things worked out with the Barracuda. So we will talking we will be talking to Nick. We will be talking to Kevin. That will happen hopefully in the next week or so. Again, hopefully the holidays, the turkey things don't mess that up too much. Let me get to our comments now based on your votes. I'm seeing live, 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 live. Yeah, nobody wants pre-record. Oh, oh, was one. Oh, the one person who wants pre-recorded. Yeah, I get it. The, the only people Fine. who said pre-recorded are me and Rocket. Yeah. <laughs> You assholes. <laughs> assholes. What is this? Hold on. Do I get a prize for wearing a Teal Town USA shirt? You might sure. if you show up. Just saying. Oh, Steve, anybody... no, Steve. Steve's saying uh, pre-recorded because he's able to fast forward because uh, sometimes uh, sometimes live is so much better. I'll have to figure that out later. Okay. So anyway. Yeah. Um, we also have a couple more interviews uh, coming down the pike. We're looking to talk to Jamie Baker over the next week or so. We're also looking to talk to Shang Pang from Fear the Fin. Uh, we'll see how much longer he's there because that's how good of a writer he is. Uh, right. I'm surprised he's not at NHL Network at this point, to be quite honest with you. The guy breaks it down like no one's business. So we're going to be looking at talking to them over the next week or so. And then, uh, hey, maybe we'll get a little Shalena in here. Maybe a little Ted Ramey. Um, I'm just saying I got a big Rolodex, people. That's what I'm saying. No? Too much? Okay. Rocket, where can the people find you on the social media channels? Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Rocket Backhander, and if you so choose, you may find me over on the Twitter machine, capital R, capital B, little Backhander76. That's R Backhander76 on Twitter. I generally tweet about uh, angst as being a Sharks fan, hockey, hockey life, being a, a girl who likes hockey, uh, all that other stuff. Uh, girly, girly shit, too. Don't don't worry about it. Uh, if you want to see some photographs, you can check out my Instagram, Rocket Backhander, one word. I don't care if you make it uppercase or lowercase, whatever you do. I, I don't think Instagram cares either. Uh, outside of that, if you find anything else with my name attached to it, it is fake. Except no substitutes, AJ. Oh, damn. Uh, Hockey Jerk, where can they find you? And let's be honest, uh, how do they get the free version of your comments rather than having to pay for it? <laughs> so there, there are two options here. Number one, you must accept the fact that I was the hockey jerk, and the is all capitalized, the hockey jerk before the Carolina Hurricanes were good. Everybody says, oh, this guy's going to Carolina. He wants to be a jerk. Oh, the jerks did this. The jerks did that. Hello, intellectual property. I will see you in court, Carolina. <laughs> I am the first. So if you want the free subscription, 
Blackberry account, you go to ad hockey underscore jerk, and you admit to me or acknowledge that I was I was first. Number two, what you do is you go to the Teal Town USA shindig, the the get together, the 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 palin around time at IBU slash stuffed pizza. Because let me tell you something about stuffed pizza. It is damn good. And if you agree with me and you enjoy stuffed pizza, you will get the free subscription package to my Twitter. And for those who don't know, my Twitter is free. But AJ and I have a running joke about how you have to pay for my content because it's so good. Um, Just for responses. Of course, yes. For responses, DMs, likes. Uh, I'm going to have a Hockey Jerk Facebook where you can pay me to poke you. That's in the works. Hey, now. Uh, (laughs) Um at hockey underscore jerk on Twitter and nowhere else because Twitter is the place to be. I have many things to say. A lot of them are funny. A lot of them are, I like to think they're smart. Um, controversial. Haven't done that in a while. We're going to bring it back. Uh, so yeah, lots to unpack there. Hashtag back to you, AJ. Hashtag, hashtag fourth. Yes. Hashtag foreseen. Hashtag miss you. Shimmick. Um, play the game foreseen. Yes, sir. Play the game. The spreadsheet. Uh, I haven't updated it for about a month, so I should do that. All right. And then, uh, of course, uh, again, uh, Jerk offering the option, the pay option for him to poke you. Of course, Rocket offering the option to be poked. It's, it's all. Hey, now. Hey, now. Uh, I am AJ underscore strong on the social media, blah, blah, blah. Thank you very much for tuning in. We will see you next week for show 83 again as you can see from the comments uh going live very popular so i think we might be doing the popular thing again next week uh holiday weekend we'll see how it rolls but i'm do i do feel like the live thing is going to happen again and i enjoy this much more as well because we're able to view your comments in the heat of the moment and react and respond and it's beautiful so join us a week from now show 83 but before we go the one thing that i just i just have to show it again because i just get such a kick out of it brody being left hanging i think it's something we all need to see you see the two guys just talking it up and then he realizes, I'm not worthy. I should probably leave. That's the way I feel right now. We're not worthy of you guys watching us, but we thank you for doing so. And with that, we should probably leave. So with that, I guess we have to say the, uh, is it the tagline? I think so. Keep it real. Keep it teal. Keep it real teal. We will see you all next week.